Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope you guys are having an absolutely wonderful day today. And I've been going through a ton of different articles and research all morning. And I saw another article. This is from Breitbart now. And this time the AP got busted, falsifying and lying again about ivermectin. This is a kind of a funny story, but it shows you what they're doing and how much they're lying and trying to do everything they can, even though when they report complete and total fake news. Remember I told you guys yesterday about the article from the Rolling Stones. Numerous other mainstream media outlets picked up on it over the weekend where the Rolling Stones said that there was a hospital that was over in basically Oklahoma that there were so many people being admitted into the hospital with ivermectin overdoses, they couldn't even get gunshot victims into the hospital, which we found out later on with the statement from the hospital director that that was a complete and total fabricated lie. None of it was true. They had not had a single case of anybody admitted in the hospital from ivermectin overdose. Well, now AP came out with an article, and they've had to issue a retraction as well. They said that a hospital in Mississippi and the Poison Control Center has reported now in Mississippi that 70% of all the poison control cases in Mississippi right now are related to ivermectin overdoses, 70%. Well, obviously, as soon as you hear that number and you actually think about the facts of what ivermectin is, what it does, it's been approved from the 80s, it's kind of hard to buy that. So. They got called out. They had to issue a retraction now. It said, we apologize. We issued a correction. The actual number of poison control calls based on ivermectin dosages are 2%. 2%. Went from 70% to 2%. Now, majority of those cases they did find of the 2% were basically livestock uses of ivermectin. This is why I've repeatedly told everybody, and so is that. Do not, under any circumstances, be going to livestock feed and getting animal ivermectin. There's very, very good, effective ivermectin in human form that's been approved from the 80s. And the ironic part about this is why is it that so many people hate the fact that ivermectin is working? That's a bit concerning, isn't it? Shouldn't people say, hey, we found another drug that's working really good to fight off COVID if you're having a serious health problem with it. So, yeah, this is, this is definitely a viable option. Why are they making it out to be so bad when it's not? Same thing, remember, we saw back the beginning of last year in 2020 when multiple doctors came out and they said, dude, we've been treating our patients that are COVID positive with intravenous vitamin C. And they're walking out of the hospital in a day or two. Multiple doctors said this. We reported on it. And the media went nuts. Fauci went nuts. All the bobblehead clowns as far as in Washington went nuts. Oh, no, no, no. That's not true. It's fake news. The doctor's like, dude, I've worked like 100 patients so far now. I've had a 100% recovery rate. Because they have to keep pushing the agenda that the only option for you to take is the toxic RNA injection shot. If you guys saw the interview last week with Albert Borla, who's the Pfizer CEO, he said that the vaccine-resistant variants are going to come again and that the company will create a shot to combat every new variant of concern within 95 days of the emergent. 
Then he also went into detail of what I talked to you guys about yesterday, how they have now already developed a successful drug, an antiviral medication that you will have to take twice per day forever. Okay, so we're just going to continue to just slide past that and say that's that's totally normal. Don't worry about that whatsoever. Now, what's also interesting about this, if you look at more of the research that's going on with Pfizer, he came out and said that they're recommending now more than likely people are going to need three booster shots per year. Pfizer shared that one billion dosage of the vaccine was already produced the first six months of this year, and he stated the company could release at least another two billion doses until the end of this year and more next year if needed. Now, I just pulled up some basic math on this, and you guys can look it up as well. I think on average, the United States, via the taxpayer funding, is paying $45 per vial. I don't know what other countries are paying. I know it's varied. I've seen some 28 some 35 some 45 but Let's just go with it. Pfizer's super greedy, and they're going to be at 45 a vial like in the United States. If they sell 4 billion shots is what they're claiming, if they have to do three booster shots per year, that would be 4 billion shots per, per year. That would be a gross profit of $720 billion per year globally off a single COVID injection that's administered three times per year. Think about that for a second. That's a third of a trillion dollars in gross revenue every single year. So, yeah, Pfizer has a huge monetary incentive to keep making sure everybody gets injected and popping pills and shot up and stays as sick as they possibly can so they can continue to bring in this cash cow so effectively. And as we're seeing now in Australia, I saw some videos in Australia over the weekend of the um, basic concentration camps. I'm sure you guys have seen some of the videos. It's very, very disturbing. They're building more now. It's on private land. The, the country is leasing from this guy, and they're not willing to disclose to the public at all what it's costing. They're, and they're, they are. They're, they're quarantine camps, and there's videos that have come out from inside of them you know, where people are sitting on their porch of their little quarantine cottage. And if they take their mask off for any reason, law enforcement shows up and basically harasses them while they're in quarantine camp. Now, remember, these people aren't sick. They've either traveled or they've had a COVID-positive test, which is meaningless. That's it. They're, they're, they're not sick. They don't have, they're not hospital beds. They are, they are quarantine camps. They're concentration camps is essentially what they are. Now, Daniel Andrews, the Minister of Health, came out yesterday, and he said in order to protect the healthcare system, we are going to lock out people who are not vaccinated. If you're making the choice not to get vaccinated, then you're making the wrong choice. This is going to be a vaccinated economy. So they're literally going to tell people you do not have health insurance. You do not have health care. We're going to stop your health care. We're not going to give you any. He also went on to say if you're not making the choice to get vaccinated, like I said, you're making the wrong choice. And he said we've got everybody locked down. We're going to move to a situation where we're going to lock out people who are not vaccinated. Now, obviously, I think it's pretty clear now. You can see in Australia this has nothing to do with health. If you look at the graph, it was it looks like the Joe Biden election graph. Somebody, a couple of people posted online. I looked it up of pretty much the entire year now. The cases have been hovering like in the double digits on the seven day average per year. Literally, like it's like, oh, like 10, 10 cases per seven days. I mean, it, it, literally nothing. Then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, out of nowhere, there's a graph where it shows it from like 
the end of July, beginning of August, and it goes from an average of like 10 to 12 cases per seven-day average to like 1,600 cases per seven-day average in a span of a few weeks. Now, there's either two things that happen here. Either this graph is unbelievably manipulated because you can't physically have that big of a spike that fast and actually keep it in legitimate recordings. Or secondly, this injection that they're giving everybody is doing exactly what we said. Everybody's getting unbelievably sick, which is exactly what we're seeing here in the United States. But Australia is and is very clearly now, as we're seeing, going to be the template for the New World Order lockdown and there's no firearms there, and I'll get into detail on what they're doing here in the United States. Again, a lot of people I don't even realize that, but there's a reason why Australia is going this totalitarian. It's not because of the health, guys. It's to see what they can do in an isolated small country that does not have firearms and how far they're willing to take and how far the people are willing to accept this absolute insanity from an out-of-control government as an experiment, so to speak, to see how far they can push it in other countries. That's the only, only option you can come up with in Australia now because there's no other excuse to be treating human beings like this right now. But I thought I would bring that up. What do you think, Dad? Well, Austin, it's a beta test, and you know we, we discussed this so many times that people don't you know understand what they're doing when they take a country over like Australia. The general population in the United States has no idea right now. I mean, probably 80% of the people in the United States have no idea what's going on in Australia. Uh, nor do they care. Now, forgive me if you live in Australia. We care. Austin and I care. Our listeners care. And 20% of our population here in the United States cares. The other 80% doesn't care. As long as they get their free money, their free handouts, their opiates. I shouldn't even say that one, but that's really included in the list now. Or their free pot. You know, so many states now have made pot basically legal. And sometimes when you get medical cards, you get free pot. You know, I've got a friend of mine who's a good friend, been a friend of mine for many, many, many decades. And he's got a 30-year-old son who's basically a doper. The guy stays stoned every single day. Every time I talk to his dad, he basically, his son's got a new job, a new job, a new job. I mean, he's literally had 50 jobs in the last 20 years. I mean, it's over. He can't keep a job more than a couple of months because he stays stoned all the time. And, you know, when I asked the father, does his, does his son still stoned? His father says, I don't know. And my response is, why don't you know? I don't ask him. Why don't you ask him? Because I don't want to know. See, and that's the general population here in the United States. They simply don't want to know. Now, his father is completely awake. He's aware of everything that's going on, knows what's going on in the economy, knows what's going on in the world. He's a patriot. Son's just a complete and total loser. And you think, well, that's awful to say. Well, no, it's the truth. See, let me explain something to you very quickly. And this, this is really important. It doesn't matter how someone is raised. It doesn't matter how someone is educated. It doesn't even matter, you know, how somebody was, you know, taught as far as being in a church or not being in a church. Or they actually can't affect you as far as decisions later in your life. But the reality is, is we all have to make our own choices. We all have to make a decision sooner or later of what we're going to do with our life. You know, we have to decide, okay, I had a bad past or, okay, I had a bad childhood. Okay, I don't want to live like that anymore. Or we can take the victim mentality instead of being a victor and we can continue to live being a victim and being taken advantage of by other people. We can always do that. We can always step back into the world and go, you know what? Woe is me. Woe is me. I've got a bad life. I had a bad past. I had a bad childhood. I had a bad marriage. I had a bad job. I had a bankruptcy. I had a medical condition. I had a... We can always do that and go, 
backwards and see what we had in our past and dwell on it. Now, if we do that, here's the problem. That past will create a cycle that just keeps repeating. It's the same thing with women who have abusive husbands and abusive relationships. The same thing with men who have abusive wives and abusive relationships. In many cases, these people will divorce the person they're with for good reason and marry somebody else just like them and do the same thing over and over and over again until they decide they're going to change. We have people who absolutely know that you know the shots are poisonous, but they take the shots, who absolutely know that eating deep fat fried food and some mystery oil is unbelievably dangerous and massively increases the risks of breast cancer and heart disease and diabetes, but they continue to eat that way. Because they don't want to make the changes or just make the better choices. And see, isn't that something that we all have to realize that's going on right now? And a lot of that's because we're cloaked and we're steeped in normalcy bias. You know, our children, they see our lifestyle and our, we see our parents' lifestyle. And we see the United States as it once was, you know, as far as us baby boomers particularly. And we keep thinking, oh, it's going to go back to that. It'll always go back to that because we had this stable country when we were young. But it doesn't work that way in history. In history, you start seeing all kinds of problems as far as from a country standpoint, and you finally begin to realize that the entire world is being orchestrated and played like a cheap fiddle by this satanic group that runs everything. And they've done it for thousands of years. And once you finally see it and it comes into clarity with you, you begin to realize at that point, hey, wait a minute. I don't want to be part of that system anymore. You know, we as Christians were bought at a price. God didn't want us in that system anymore. He had enough of it, too. That's why he sent Jesus. And without Christ, there is no hope. There is no future for any of us, period, because we're going to be destined to repeat the same thing over and over and over and over again because we haven't accepted our Redeemer, our Savior, who delivered us from the evil one. And we're going to be stuck in this, how should I say, unbelievable negative energy holograph forever and ever. But when we focus our hearts and our minds on Christ, then we can do all things through him who strengthens us. But this is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice, and I will be glad of that. So even if you had a bad past, even if you've made some mistakes in your life, even if you had a bankruptcy in your past, it doesn't make any difference. Put your past in your rearview mirror. You know, glance at it occasionally, but don't try to drive forward by looking in your past. You're going to get in an accident. You're going to run into the same mess that you had in the past because you won't be focused on where you're going. You can't allow yourself to dwell on your past and allow your past to dictate your future. That's the importance of being a patriot in the United States of America. We've allowed the United States to go down the slippery slopes of the ash heaps of history because we've continued to look into the past. And the baby boomers, my generation is one of the worst generations for this, and I will call it out for what it is and who we are and what we've done. We basically took the basically World War II America, and we've put it on a pedestal. We never looked at how we got into World War II, how we got into World War I. Most kids fall asleep during the history classes because the teachers are so horrible. They don't want to teach history and make it come alive. They make you memorize dates and places and stuff that you don't want to know rather than thinking about the actual reason these things happened. I'm going to kind of go a little deeper into that. You know, you don't need to go in and memorize book, chapter, and verse in the Old Testament to realize that the children of Israel and ancient Israel were sacrificing their children to demons and to entities and other interdimensional things. You can just read certain verses, and you'll see it over and over and over again. But when do you hear that taught in Old Testament survey? 
Hmm? They don't do that. They pick general topics that basically they think it's important for you to know, but they don't talk about any of the other stuff that basically doesn't, how should I say, reconcile with the Schofield Reference Bible, especially if you're in a Christian university. So what ends up happening, you're not taught the reason history happened. You're taught dates and times and places, and then pretty soon you go, wow, that's really boring. I don't want to learn any more about that. So what you do, and they do it in high school too, by the way. So what you do, then you delete history from your memory, and you go, I don't want to talk about that. It's unbelievably boring. But if I start talking to you about how Samuel Untermeyer blackmailed the president to enslave you with the Federal Reserve Bank because basically Woodrow Wilson was a syphilis-infected piece of garbage who basically was blackmailed and compromised by the international banking cartels and enslaved the population of America to put you in shackles, suddenly you go, yeah, that's right. I, I want to know about that. Well, yeah, of course, because I'm teaching it the way it should be taught or telling you how it was done. And I'm not dwelling on the exact, here's this church, this verse, that verse. You notice you never hear me read the actual charter from the Federal Reserve Bank. You never hear me read the actual minutes of the meetings because it doesn't matter. All that stuff doesn't matter. It's what they did with the outcome. And that's what we need to realize. There's a quote I want to read you. The illusion of freedom in the United States will continue as long as it's profitable to continue the illusion by these Kabbalist wizards. At the point where the illusion becomes too expensive to maintain, they will simply take down the scenery and they'll pull back the curtains and they will move the tables and chairs out of the way. And you'll see the brick wall at the back of the theater and you'll begin to realize that you've been basically had, that you've been taken advantage of and that you've been lied to your entire life. And they haven't taught you about the real Jesus. They taught you about some kind of made up Jesus from the Masonic lodges when they infiltrated the Christian churches. They won't tell you about what the power of God will do in your life. They won't do that. All they're going to do is sit back and go, wow, you know, you know, here's what you have to do to be a good slave. You know, we have to understand something. We've got to realize that, you know, the final phase of an empire, and then we talk about this with Rome, usually ends with the same signals. One of the first signs is the empire, including Rome and the United States, starts losing wars and starts losing engagements. The U.S. being defeated and Hurley fleeing from Afghanistan clearly signifies the end of the U.S. empire in combination with excessive debts, deficits, devaluations, and decadence. This just didn't happen in Afghanistan. When the United States was taken over, it was back in the 50s, in the 40s, when we were in Korea and we had to walk away from the Korean War. Remember, we lost the Korean War, too. Then we lost the Vietnam War. And then basically we had a war that we actually won with Kuwait, okay, if you want to call it that, back in the early 90s. And the war with Iraq has been an absolute abysmal disaster. The war with Afghanistan, we just saw what happened with all that. You know? And we need to understand that as we conduct all of these horrible, horrible, how should I say, disastrous wars and conflicts, we begin to realize that these very small countries that don't even have big armies or big weaponry, they basically are, you know, are slapping us around. And we need to understand that since 9-11, we've spent about $8 trillion in the Middle East and lost 900,000 lives on both sides. So what we need to realize is that we have spent about 40% of our annual GDP on conducting totally unsuccessful wars. And why are we doing that? Because of empire. Because we want to basically make the United States get bigger and bigger and bigger. Same thing Great Britain did. Same thing Rome did. You know, we've had some type of war activity in 85 countries. And the reality is we're continuing to shrink the United States because of debt now. 
Now, why is this happening? Why have we gone into all these countries? Is it because the United States people are a bunch of warmongers and we want to go in and kill women and children in other countries? No. It's because the international banking communities want these other countries' stuff. I'm going to be blunt about this today. They want to come in and seize the assets of these other countries, including the oil, the precious metals, the lithium deposit, anything they want from other countries. They just go in and take the stuff. It's a tribal mentality. My tribe needs this. Your tribe has this. I'm going to come raid your tribe and take your stuff to make my tribe wealthier. And that's what we've done in the United States of America. And it's not we, the people, that have done that. But I can tell you one thing. When we went into Kuwait almost 30 years ago now with George Sr., I'll never forget. All of my friends were ruha and wuha and hollering and get. They were all so excited that we were invading Kuwait. And then we had the highway, the road of death. I remember one time I was talking to Schwarzkopf, you know, General Schwarzkopf, like, you know, the guy like you know, the bear, the big guy who basically ran that Gulf War over there. And we were at a meeting together and I started talking to him. I said, well, tell me about the highway of death when the machine guns came in from the airplanes. And we basically machine gunned all of those people who were many people, basically victims. And we left miles and miles and miles of burned out vehicles and traffic. And he looked at me kind of funny, like, why did you know about this? I mean, how do you know about this? And he goes, well, that was, a, that was a really bad. That was bad. It was really bad. That should have never happened. And I thought to myself, wait a minute. You know, who ordered that? You were in charge of this. You know, why did these people get killed and strafe like this on the highways? I mean, we're not a bunch of criminals. But I never went into detail with Schwarzkopf. You know, shortly thereafter, he got involved in the seminar circuit. He was running around doing seminars everywhere. He was Toastmaster Speaker of the Year. And then suddenly he was gone. He came down with Alzheimer's disease, and he was dead and gone unfinished. So all of these things, when people start talking about what really happened or what really is going on, why is it they suddenly come down with Alzheimer's? They're suddenly gone and finished. You saw that with General Patton, too, didn't we? It's like when people wake up and start talking, they become expendable assets once again. So we need to understand that the United States has been playing empire for a long, long, long time. And it's not the people who are basically doing this. It's the, 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 we the people. It's the, it's the people that have taken over the country. George Orwell had an interesting quote in 1984. He said, don't you see that the whole aim of newspeak is to narrow the range of thought? In the end, we shall make thought crime literally impossible because there will be no words in which to express it. He goes on to say, doublethink means the power of holding two contradictory beliefs in one's mind simultaneously and accepting both of them. You know, and this is what we've done here in the United States, isn't it? We've done the doublethink. We think the United States can do whatever it wants to do, but we think we're a Christian nation. We think we can go in and kill anybody in any country as often as we want to kill them in the name of the United States of America, but we say we're a Christian nation. Madeleine Albright probably said it the best when they had a half a million children killed in one of the Gulf Wars. And she goes, well, it was worth it for what we did. Well, maybe it was worth it to you, Madeleine Albright. It wasn't worth it to me. I mean, was it worth it to the parents or the grandparents or the great-grandparents of these children who were massacred, the half a million kids who died? Was it worth it to these people? No. Again, this is all about going in and seizing the assets of the Middle East, seizing the oil. And now we've shifted our economies and we're shifting to lithium and rechargeable batteries. And now Afghanistan is suddenly something that we need to go ahead and strip mine. But the United States can't do that efficiently or effectively. So we've got to bring the Chinese in to do it because they don't care about pollution controls. So we have to make sure we give Afghanistan to the Chinese, which are another Rothschild creation. 
as far as the Republic of China. It's not a republic. It's a communist country of China is what it is. And see, we need to understand who is in charge of all of this stuff. It's these entities that have ruled this world for thousands and thousands of years through the ancient Canaanite religions. And I'll give a representative Alan West credit. I'll give him credit on this because he's one of the only people that have ever called this out. He straight calls out the people in the United States who run everything as being worshipers of Moloch. And I posted this on the website. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West exposes progressive socialist left that there's illusional Republicans for bowing down and worshiping Moloch. And there's a big picture of him with Bohemian Grove standing right behind him and him warning us of what we're doing with the worship of Moloch. Texas Governor gubernatorial candidate Lieutenant Colonel Alan West is calling out the progressive left and delusional Republicans for bowing down and worshiping the god of child sacrifice, also known as Moloch, amid pushback from the Texas heartbeat bill that bans abortion after six weeks. See, what he's doing basically is he's telling people that we have acquiesced in the United States to these interdimensional, interdimensional demonic gods, that we had the same group of people doing the same thing in the Old Testament, and yet we've not learned from it. But guys, if we don't learn from history on who's running the show and who's planning the plans and who's basically continuing to enslave the population and we don't stand up against them, they're going to take the scenery down and they're going to make us look at the bricks at the back of the theater. And they're going to say, oh, by the way, we've locked you up in a concentration camp. Don't think it'll happen. Why don't you look at Australia right now? Austin, what do you think, buddy? And what's your next story? Yeah, I mean, it's very disturbing on what's going on over there. Because, I mean, Australia is just an absolutely amazing country. I was had the privilege of visiting once I told you guys that. And I've, I've actually wanted to go back repeatedly. Now, obviously, that's probably never going to happen again. Quite frankly, I'll probably never fly commercially again just because I pretty much can't. I know what's going to happen if I fly. Kind of like how Disney blacklisted me from being able to go there anymore. I mean, it's just when you start becoming vocal, when you start becoming non-compliant, when you start becoming a problem because you change the narrative of what they want everybody else to believe, all of a sudden it's easier just to make sure you can't do stuff. And that's what they've done repeatedly. I mean, look what they've done with Twitter. I mean, Trump, even though I'm not a big fan of a lot of stuff he said, he's still completely banned on Facebook and Twitter, yet the Taliban still have an open Twitter account that has not been restricted whatsoever. You, you explain that one to me. Nobody can seem to explain that one, except the fact that they have to control the narrative in the direction they want. Now you see Portland's been pitching a fail. Look at Portland, which is a failed city now because of their policies, is now trying to vote on banning trade and travel with Texas over the abortion law. Now I hate to bust Portland's bubble, but nobody really cares if they don't come down to Texas, and Portland doesn't have a whole lot of stuff to bring into Texas, so kind of just idiotic at best. But again, this is the mentality of the population that's starting to take over Portland. You do what we say, you do what we tell you, or else we're going to make your life miserable and burn down cities. Texas is its own state. If it passes a law in its own state, that's its own state. If you don't like it, you can move to another state. Now we've seen the satanic temple is now saying they're going to rally against the Texas abortion law. Of course they are. That's what they like to do. Like that is a Moloch. You can do your own research on that. It's a very, very real entity as far as that they worship back in the day. 
that. I mean, this isn't something that's, you know, some type of old made up fairy tale. This is history. And that's the issue why I have. I have such a big issue with a lot of these individuals and these companies and just these groups that are wanting to erase everything from history. I mean, they're talking about tomorrow now. They're going to take down the Robert E. Lee monument in Virginia. They're done. They're taking it down. It's been there for, I think, like 130 years. Done. Too offensive to people. They don't like it. I don't know what they're going to put up there. They're going to put a, a rainbow up there with two dudes holding hands. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Well, what, what, what asinine thing are they going to come up with next? It's ironic to me that we can't talk about history. We can't remember history. We can't teach history. But we can sure as heck teach some of the most perverted, sadistic ideas and concepts that are coming out of some of the nastiest people in the world. Like, why are we teaching five-year-olds in California about transgender studies? There's absolutely zero purpose to be doing that. That topic should not even be brought up at all unless they, somebody, somebody wants to take it in college and learn all that weird stuff. There's no reason to be teaching five- and six-year-olds about that unless you're trying to integrate and indoctrinate children into full-blown perversion, which is exactly what Dad was saying. At the fall of an empire, you have a complete and total decay of all morals. I don't mean just basic concepts of ethics and morals. I mean everything goes out the window. There is no wrong. There is no right. Everything is acceptable, and that's where they're starting to try to take the United States now. The good thing about it is we've got a lot of patriots here still. We have a lot of good Christian patriots. We still have a lot of people that even though they may not be Christians currently, they still stand up for the values and principles and basically – constitutional rights that we have and that's where we all have to continue to work together right now and that's why i've encouraged everybody continue to stand up for your ground your ground on this i saw an article out of missouri i was actually very very proud of this company ray's cafe which is an eatery in blue springs missouri they were ordered to close by jackson county on friday they closed to the public and then now they've reopened as a private club, they said Jackson County ordered the owner of the cafe to close because it received repeated violations of refusing to follow the county's COVID order. According to the outlet, one of the individuals found a sign down the establishment's door on Monday saying it's a membership club only and it's a dollar fee to enter. Welcome to Ray's private club. By entering this club, you admit that you are not a member of the general public. By signing your name, you record your membership and attendance. Because essentially what happened was the owner was they said we're not going to do masks anymore. And of course the county over there in Missouri, they've stated that all businesses, all restaurants have to be able to basically social distance and wear masks. And what happened was they had the uh, cops show up. Basically, call and order. Basically, give them a fine and give them a, uh, a ticket and a court date. Same thing again the next day. Showed up again with another ticket and a court date. And finally, the owner said, "Okay, we're going to play this game now because in the order it blatantly says that the order applies to businesses and places of business or holding out to the general public goods and services. It does not include private clubs." Which I'm sure this was because there's a bunch of the Mason boys up there in Missouri that have their private clubs, and they want to make sure they have rules for thee and not for me, and they don't have to wear a mask anywhere. So we've noticed – you've seen the videos of these big conferences. You've seen the videos of Pelosi with her lunch afternoon party she had with two, 300 people. They're not a single person wearing a mask. You see all that. So obviously it shows you. 
that there's no concern about wearing a mask for any of these individuals that are making the law. It's only for the people that they're told to basically follow the law. And this is no law. These are illicit, illegal mandates that have no basis in reality. I've repeatedly told everybody the research over and over and over and over and over again has come out now says masks do not work at all when it comes to basically stopping a virus. Now, I have said before, if you're extremely sick and you're coughing and hacking and you absolutely have to go out for something very shortly, you need to be wearing like an N95 so you don't cough everywhere. But the masks have nothing to do with protecting you. They have nothing to do with protecting other people. The only reason to wear one of those thick N95 masks, which are the only ones that even mildly work, is to prevent you from basically coughing and hacking everywhere if you go out. But like I said before, people need to use a little bit of discretion. If you're unbelievably sick and you got a fever and you're coughing and hacking, stay home for a couple days. So what I did when I got the stuff last week, I stayed basically up in my office at the house and worked out of the office and on the computer all day. You know, knocked it out after three or four days, did the show every single day, didn't miss a lick, and then got back on it. That's the best way to handle the situation. But again, this is not at all about health, and it's not at all about safety. This is all about compliance, and it's about domination. This is why you see photos of these young kids still being forced to wear masks while the teachers walk around maskless. Because, oh, we've been vaccinated. We don't have to wear a mask, but the kids do. It's complete and total lies. They know for a fact that the kids don't basically have any significant aspect of transmitting the virus any more than anybody else does. But again, they want to push the narrative. There was another article that I saw at a Breitbart that was extremely disturbing, and they basically – it had an incident where a mom in Las Vegas and numerous other parents – are calling for a teacher's resignation and subsequently to be arrested after she allegedly taped the mask on the boy because he refused to basically keep it on. She also did the five other kids in the classroom, this teacher, taped the mask on their face with scotch tape, said you are not allowed to take your mask off under any circumstances, taped it on their face. Are you kidding me right now? And, peop and people want to pretend this is about safety. No, this is about domination and control, and the problem is we have found is that a large percentage of the people that have infiltrated the school systems and the school boards and the teaching schools, not all of them. I, do, I know a lot of good teachers out there that are really good teachers. They're really awake and they're patriots, and they're trying to make a difference. I'm not going to couple everybody in that category, but we've also seen a huge portion of that same populace specifically be in that role because they want to fundamentally change the younger generation and they want to teach communism, they want to promote socialism, and they want to bring in every single form of control and compliance that they can physically get in. And I've seen this repeatedly here in Florida. I mean repeatedly. I've told you guys already what we had to deal with the Polk County School Board with the mask. This is not going to stop now that they know a lot of these guys have been a lot of these guys and girls in the school board systems they've been busted i mean we saw the one the other day where the guy was a hardcore antifa member been in the school system for years teaching the kids about how good antifa is and how they're basically saving the country they finally the school board had to fire him because so many parents came forward and said to what the heck this guy's got an antifa flag in his office are you joking me right now? Is this supposed to be okay? And I watched one of the videos where they went up to the school board and they were talking. The guy said, the only reason you did this is because you got busted. You got busted having an Antifa member in the school, and you guys got completely and totally caught with your hand in the cookie jar, so now you guys are terminating him. 
He said, how many other people are in this school system that are promoting this ideology? And this is where we have it. That's why I encourage all my friends, listeners, health masters, family, please be proactive in your kid's school. If you're not going to be able to basically you know, do a homeschool co-op or provide education, you're, you're busy, you're working or finances, at least try to get them into a school that at least has some type of principles and values to it and doesn't just comply to whatever demands the leftist demand they, you know, they basically go with. Because this is going to get much worse, especially now that these guys have a foothold in the school system that's such a big platform, and they know they can get away with so much, especially what we've seen with the kids. But this whole, the kids have to wear masks, but the teachers don't. I've already said this before repeatedly. My Southeastern University, my school I graduated from, I am still absolutely appalled of their mass policy. It's a private Christian university. They have no restrictions at all that they have to follow. On top of that, Florida has no restrictions that are mandated whatsoever. Yet they voted that all students have to wear masks in the classroom, but the professors don't. That is so offensive to me on so many levels that you're making grown adults, 18, 19, 20-year-old adults classified as adults at that age, have to wear muzzles in class but the professor that's standing up at the talk, speaking and spitting, doesn't have to wear a mask. It's crazy. That is nuts to me. But again, it shows you where they're trying to take this agenda. And a lot of professors, I've looked at this in teachers, they really like the mask mandate on the kids because it makes the kids much more subservient, much more compliant. They don't talk as much. They have less issues because they basically put your mask on. Anything that happens, they immediately have a trigger that they can pull on that child put the mask on you're getting taped on your face right now you're not listening that's where it's headed guys and that is why it's so important we continue to maintain our freedoms and stand up for our rights as fast and as hard as we possibly can right now dad you know Austin, that's assault on a child is what it is you can't be touching kids like that it's just assault i'm just letting you guys know that to force your will on someone else you know the, ch- the teacher should be charged with assault I remember I was 16 years old and I started my senior year in high school. And no, that not a mistake. I was 16. I turned 17 in November, my senior year in high school. But I started my senior year in high school at the age of 16 because of my test scores. I was put ahead a year. And that was a huge mistake, by the way, for a boy. Never put a boy ahead a year. Don't do that because they, they may be mentally able and intellectually able to handle the workload. But physically, they're going to be much smaller than the other kids in the classroom uh, because you know, of testosterone, a lot of other things that the other kids go into earlier, and it's not fair. Now, with girls, it's not that big of a deal if you put them ahead a year, but never do that with a son. Just thought I'd mention that. But anyhow, so back to that, but need I digress on that? But I was, so I was 16, I started my senior year in high school, and I remember I'd had a conflict with one of the teachers that summer. I'm not going to go into detail with it, but I remember the teacher had spread some lies about me. And so I went into the, his office and I explained to him that that's not something he needed to do, that I would be going to the administration if he continued it. And yes, I was that aggressive at 16. And I remember he told me that I was going to follow him to the office. And it was this like four o'clock in the afternoon. School was already over with. And I remember I walked out in the hallway and I was pretty big. I've been hitting the weights for years. And, uh, and I remember he grabbed me by the arm. And I mean, I was benching over 300 pounds. I, mean, I was a pretty big dude, 16 years old. And I remember he looked at me because he didn't realize I was in that good of shape. He grabbed me by the arm and I pulled my arm away. I said, dude, don't touch me again. See, that's assault. If you end, and of course I didn't follow him to the office, and, but it turned into be a big brouhaha. It should have been resolved, but it never did get resolved. But the point is this, 
at that point when someone touches you or assaults you, that's not okay. Law enforcement needs to be dispatched, and that person needs, needs to be either arrested or basically rebuked by law enforcement, rebuked by the administration for doing that. And for a teacher to strap a child with a mask using tape that's going to pull their hair out, it's going to pull on their skin, it's going to do all kinds of horrible stuff, is insane. And again, it just shows the absolute tyranny that we have in the educational system. And I told you guys I was a college professor for several years up in Tallahassee after I'd graduated from Florida State with my master's degree. And I'll never forget, I really enjoyed teaching. And every once in a while, I'd get a classroom full of kids, and they were just kind of dull. They were, to be honest with you, it was boring to teach them because I had no expression from them. They wouldn't respond. They wouldn't react to me when I'd say things or say something funny, which, yeah, I was kind of the preacher teacher. And they wouldn't do anything. They just sit there like a lump on a log. Finally, I went to the administration, and I said, you know, what's up with this class? And they started laughing. And they said, yeah, every once in a while, you get a classroom like that that's absolutely awful, and they don't want to learn anything, and they don't want to be taught, and they don't want to respond. Well, to me, for a teacher to want the children to wear a mask in a classroom is going to create that environment artificially immediately. In other words, you're sitting there talking for an hour doing a lecture to a group of zombies sitting there with their faces covered with no facial expressions. To me, as a professor, as a teacher, that would have been one of the worst things in my life that I could have ever imagined having to teach a class full of people with masks. And it's funny to me that the teacher themselves want to basically not have a mask on. Which is kind of silly, to be honest with you, because, I mean, if they're out there, like Austin says, spitting and spewing and carrying on and transferring their germs everywhere, you know, it'd be one of those things that, you know, you'd go, well, you know, why are you doing this? And why is, you know, this rule for good for thee and not for me or good for thee and not for me or whatever Austin says? And he's right. This whole thing is crazy the way they do that. And now they've got another variant that's come out as far as this Wuhan death thing they're sending on us, this bioweapon, and they're saying that this one now is like much, much more contagious than the Delta variant was. No, I told you this was going to happen. It's not going to end because it's like Austin said at the beginning, where they're making hundreds of billions of dollars on vaccines as they destroy the United States. It's kind of like this. It's not good enough that they're going to destroy the United States. That's not good enough for these, these entities. They've got to bankrupt the people in the United States and shut them, shut their businesses down and force them into complete and total tyranny as they destroy the United States by forcing more and more money into their own pockets as they extract the final little bit of wealth that hasn't been inflated, inflated away from the people in the United States. It's insane. Right now we've got up in Virginia. You know, they're taking down the statue of Robert E. Lee. They're taking out down Robert E. Lee's statue. They're actually having a big – they're going to stream it live. This is good old Governor Northam. Robert E. Lee Monument Removal live stream, September the 8th, 2021, 8 a.m. They're taking down Robert E. Lee's statue. I remember there was this hardcore communist from Colombia who was married to a German friend of mine who has since passed away. And I'll never forget one day she was talking about these monuments should be in museums and not still up. And on and on and on and on and on. But she's a hardcore liberal leftist. You know, I mean, one of her daughters has become basically a lesbian. And now she's like rejoicing and bouncing in the streets because her daughter's gay. She thinks it's absolutely wonderful, like a badge of honor. I mean, I'm talking that hardcore. All right. And, and the sad part about it is, is that why have they done that? 
Well, the communists taught that you don't have any history for your country. With the Russian Revolution, you don't have any history. With the Chinese Revolution, you don't have any history. We've got to destroy it from the history books because we don't want you to remember what your country once was. Remember what George Orwell said. He said the most effective way to destroy a people is to deny and to obliterate their own understanding of their own history. That's what he said. He's absolutely right. He goes on to say every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street building has been renamed and every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day, minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. You think about what happened in Germany, what happened in Europe in the 20s and the 30s. You have, quote, modern art, which somebody took a bunch of forks and knives and they glue them together or they weld them together. And there's this unbelievably ugly thing of art sitting on the street with this nasty stuff all around it. And people can walk up to it and go, oh, it's so beautiful. My response is, what's wrong with you? Do you not see that this is just some person who's probably on an acid trip who decided to weld together a bunch of forks and knives? There's nothing pretty about this. Or they come out with the modern art. It's like, it's like some kid threw a bunch of paint on a, on a board, and basically they went over and vomited on it, and they signed it. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, it's so beautiful. No, it's not. That's all being done on purpose. Every picture has been repainted. They're doing everything they can to destroy your culture. That's what they do. George Orwell goes on to say, the ministry of peace concerns itself with war. The ministry of truth with lies. The ministry of love with torture. Let's talk Guantanamo Bay. And the ministry of plenty with starvation. Let's talk concentration camps. These contradictions are not accidental, nor do they result from ordinary hypocrisy. They are deliberate exercises in double think because they're using it to destroy the very psyche of the American people here in the United States. And, you know, all of this stuff, when you start to look at it, you go, wow, this is just a bloody mess. This is a situation in which we, the people of the United States, because we allowed ourselves to be put underneath the boot of the Kabbalist bankers back in 1913, because our great grandparents and our great great grandparents had no idea what was going on any more than we do today. People are always criticizing Germany. How did the German people allow this to happen? Well, the German people really didn't allow it to happen. It just kind of happened. And the German people, the ones who were awake, who were the patriots in Germany at that time, finally realized that the, how should I say, Treaty of Versailles had destroyed Germany. And they just picked the wrong leader with Adolf Hitler. They really did. They picked the wrong guy. But at least they did something. At least they tried to do something to break the shackles of the international banking cartels off of the neck of Germany. And Germany got rewarded for that in 1938 when they decided to start printing their own currency. And the entire world turned against them and destroyed the German people and destroyed probably two-thirds of the population and the DNA because they had the audacity to stand up against the international banking cartels. But again, I'm not a fan of Hitler. I'm going to repeat that. I am not a fan of Hitler. Hitler did a lot of really bad things, especially with the German youth fighting in Berlin as he fled to Argentina. You know, and these little 10 and 12-year-old boys and girls were being shot and killed in the streets. I mean, he should have he should have surrendered to the Allies long before he did and never allowed the Russians to come in and do what he did in Germany. It was a horrible, horrible, horrible mistake to the German people. And for that, he will ever be condemned in history. 
He was not a hero. He was not a good person. So in case you guys think that I'm, I'm saying anything about him, that's positive. But the reality is the German people themselves, they finally realized that the shackle of history, the boot of tyranny that had been placed upon them with the Versailles Treaty, with the massive amounts of debt they had to pay back, needed to come to a screech and halt. And that's the thing that we all need to do, isn't it? We need to take a look at what happened with the shackles of history and the boot of tyranny from the international banking cartel from 1913. These Kabbalists, remember what I told you? I've quoted this 100 times on the show. What Otto Kahn said, one of the founding members of Kuhn Lieb of the Federal Reserve Bank, he said that the Kabbalists hold the earth by its axis and control both sides of the narrative to remake the earth in what they want it to be. This is what we're in. And it's that same group that's been around for thousands and thousands of years. And I really appreciate Colonel West calling them out for being worshipers of Baal and Moloch and Asherah and everything else. Bohemian Grove. Guys, for those of you who are new to the show, do research on Bohemian Grove. It's this big gay get-together they have every year out in San Francisco in the Redwood Forest. And they all get to run around. A bunch of guys go out. There's big homosexual parties, what it is. And they all get to run around naked and bring in call girls and call boys. I just thought I'd mention that. And they get to do this big, giant cremation of care ceremony in which they actually worship Moloch, a giant owl, and they burn a human being in human sacrifice and effigy. Some people say it's a real human. Some people say it's just a dummy. Some people say it's a, a person that's mouth's been taped up so you can't hear the screams. Some people just say it's just all fake. But the reality is, who does that? It's like these guys out there with Shiva, you know, that god of you know, chaos out in front of CERN. And they have a mock human sacrifice in front of the god of Shiva. And you go, is it a mock human sacrifice or was it real? They say, oh, just some of the scientists went out and got drunk one night and did this mock human sacrifice, blah, blah, blah. We got it on videotape and it, we didn't mean for it to, but it kind of went viral around the world. And you go, yeah, that's what we all do. We all get drunk one night. We all have mock human sacrifices in our backyard. That's what we do. What kind of crap is that? Oh, I'm right, Austin. And the thing that's so sick, and then right after that, they have the opening of that tunnel in, in Italy for Switzerland, and they have this giant druidic service. That wasn't mock anything. That was real. And all of a sudden, we're going, what in the world are these guys doing over there? Well, that's because they're showing us who rules them and who rules the planet right now. Gosh, guys, that's what you have to understand. We've got to keep our hearts and our minds in Jesus Christ every single day. I have the opportunity the privilege to pray for you guys this morning. It's my honor to do so. I love you guys. Thank you for listening to the show. And I want to thank you again for supporting Health Masters. When you buy your deodorant and your vitamins and your products from Health Masters, it supports this show. And it allows us to have done over a thousand podcasts now. It's because you guys did it. You know, we are here for you. We're here to serve you. You're my family. That's how I look at you guys. I love you guys. Austin, finish it up and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Absolutely. And this is why I've continued to encourage everybody to make sure you never disarm you guys saw what's going on now with the biden administration they're talking about putting us back into the u.n arms treaty again which i don't know if anybody's heard about that yet they're 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 rolling that forward and he, he, ted said something earlier a minute ago about history being changed and i wanted to bring up the incident that happened when you think oh well the government would never do this to anybody in current history the Tiananmen square from china in 1989 from the protest and the massacre that happened there. Remember, the students weren't armed. They were basically unbelievably mad. They were protesting for months, and essentially they said roughly almost a million 
people assembled in the square eventually. They were disorganized, but they simply were demanding due process, democracy, and freedom of press and freedom of speech. And essentially, the way the Chinese communist government decided to shut it down was they brought in 300,000 Chinese troops with armored personnel carriers and tanks. You guys remember the story, the actual story that happened. Basically, the crowd started getting more and more unruly, and finally, the Chinese military opened fire, machine gunned them. Of course, the Chinese government said the death toll was only like 237 people. Anybody else, you look at the history, they said there were over thousands killed, thousands killed, bodies stacked, with thousands more severely wounded, and over 10,000 arrested. That's what happens when you do not have weapons to defend yourselves or support your rights. And I've heard so many idiots come pull out things. Well, you know, the AR-15s, they're meaningless. They can't do anything because, you know, the government has his F-15s and F-18s and nukes and drones and stuff. And I said, if the banking cartel and the globalists that are running the United States in general, if they're not concerned about AR-15s, why in the heck are they trying so hard to take them if there's absolutely no reasoning they would have a concern about them? And the answer is they do. They have a huge concern about them, considering legally registered machine guns, automatic machine guns, including belt-fed light and heavy weapons in the United States, is roughly 188,000 that are registered, legally registered. Let's throw that out there. On top of the three to 400 million other rifles and firearms that are currently in possession, and it's been upwards estimated up to 600 million firearms because people make their own firearms 80 percent lowers completely legal and nobody has a right to tell you you can't build a firearm and so this is where it's headed and now we see the small arms treaty which one thing that i did agree with is that trump got us out of that in 2019 but it doesn't matter now because they're now stating the state department this is from the nra I said, bureaucrat William Malzahn took to the floor at the seventh conference of states parties to the arms trade treaty to signal the U.S.'s intent to bind itself to the treaty. And it goes on essentially here what the U.N. arms treaty is, is it's designed to bring in a outside control to sidestep the Second Amendment. So they say, we're not going to violate the Second Amendment in the United States. The UN is just going to put requirements that we're bound to follow. If you guys have looked at a lot of it, you can pull right up on the United Nations website, and it goes into detail that no automatic weapons are allowed in civilian possession. Semi-automatic weapons and anything that can take over 10-round capacity has to be heavily restricted. Ballistics recordings of all firearms, different risk classifications of calibers, stating any caliber over 45 are an intolerable risk to public safety. And semi-automatic handguns and rifles are a high risk requiring licensing and registration of all those firearms, meaning 50 caliber BMG would be effectively banned. Training and storage restrictions, waiting periods, 20-year record retention, seller and age limits, and requiring demonstration need to possess a firearm with self-defense not being one of them. That's what the United Nations thinks needs to happen with civilian firearm ownership, which if you couldn't figure that out, that essentially bans everything, controls everything, and turns us into Australia if we ever were to follow that law. And quite frankly, if it's a treaty 
signed by an illegitimate president violating the Second Amendment of the United States. There is no treaty. There is no law. It's completely null and void. So we have to continue to be vocal about this. I told you guys the incident happened over the weekend here in Polk County with the isolated shooting. That was not something, in my opinion, that was just a random happenstance. More and more stuff starting to come out about that. Uh, the fact that, I mean, this guy was retired Marine Corps, and then he's been doing security contracting. I don't know if there's any link to him in MK Ultra platforms or anything that's happened to him, but none of the situation makes any sense at all. That's why I encourage everybody, make sure you have certain things in place. Make sure you have the best type of security systems or whatever else you want to add onto your platform and always know how to handle yourself and your firearms and have a game plan with your family in the event that something does occur as horrific as that. I hope it never does with anybody. But again, that gave everybody a reality check right down the road to there are people out there that want to go do this at 4.30 a.m., and it's our responsibility as adults and especially as men to protect our family at all costs and have the means and equipment to do so. So thank you again, my friends, supporting Health Masters. If you guys need anything, be sure to check out the product of the week, the beet juice powder on sale right now at healthmasters.com. And also vote for what you want to see win on the website tomorrow at healthmasters.com. Lots of different cool products on there, including the new quercetin formula, the GHI cleanse. Be sure to check it out, healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and I'll talk to you guys again tomorrow, as always. 